All right. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this good near year, and we thank you, Lord, for your word. <clears throat> we just ask, Lord, that your word would just find its place in, in good ground in our hearts and bring forth good fruit for this new year. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, Chuck Pierce said this is a dangerous year, but just be careful. And you know what? I'm excited about it. But everything else he said, everything's new. Everything he had to say had to be with new. So just concentrate on the new that you're already in, and let's just go on and see what he has to say. <clears throat> but, you know, one of the things that uh, I heard the Lord saying, this is going to be a special year because it, it's time for us to realize that, you know, one of the things... Uh, that he told me, and I think I wrote it down right here. Uh, yeah. He said, this year to you will start and finish based on the thoughts you think and the seeds you sow. And you know, one of the things that we've concentrated on, that we see, that it's about the seed. You know, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is far off. And what you say... And what you do are seeds. Everything is seed form. And one of the things that he spoke to me, that it's, it's not enough just to guard what you say. You have to start by guarding what you think. Because what you say comes out of your heart. It comes out of seeds out of your heart that leads to what you say. And even the seeds will bring forth after their kind in your thoughts. So that's why it's very crucial this year. Second Corinthians 5.10 says what? 10.5 says what? Bring into captivity what? This is a, going to be a vital scripture for us this year because, see, we're starting a new year. And what we sow now will determine what we harvest by the end of this year. Be not deceived, it says in Galatians. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. It's a principle. He said, as long as this earth remains, he said after he destroyed the earth with, with water, as long as this earth remains, there will always be seed time and harvest. That is a law we can't get around. And you can't bypass those. But those seeds that you speak or those things start by what you think. This is a year to be thinking new. Just all the stuff we sing. If we sang that the whole hour, it wouldn't hurt anything. Amen. Telling us and reminding us who we are in Christ Jesus. Because that's the thing you've got to hold to. Colossians 3 said, If you be risen with Christ, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid in God. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Amen? So mortify the deeds you know, one of the verses the Lord gave me last week uh, in their coffee shop, Marion had read it that very day. Jeremiah 6, and he says, Hear, O earth, and behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts. Even the what? So see, it's not just about your words. It's very critical that you bring into captivity every thought doesn't matter what the news says about anything that's going on around you. I'd encourage you, don't waste your time sitting in front of the TV listening to what the, the news people have to say or the government. Our kingdom's not of this world. 
We're in it, but we're not of it. Amen? So make sure if you be risen with Christ, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. And he said, for you're dead and your life is hid in Christ. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Now what's the next verse say? Mortify, therefore, your deeds which are upon the earth. What does mortify mean? It means put them to death. Don't give them the time of day. Don't sit around and enjoy the fruits of your thinking. That's dead, deadly things. See, Don't waste it because it's seed. Now, now, we talked about this coffee shop this morning. You know, it's not a sin to think about something. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Every man. And we talked about this. You know, Jesus was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Now, people have a hard time thinking that Jesus could have the thoughts you have. But I want to just inform you of something. Every thought that you ever had, Jesus had. Why did he do that? Because he was in all points tempted like we are. That don't mean some things. That means all things. Yet, without sin. So just because thoughts go through your mind does not mean that's a sin. It's what you do with those thoughts. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. And remember that word lust is the what? Disease condition of the old soul. Your old mind, your old will, and your emotion. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is where all that stuff comes from. You're tempted with all that. But it says, and, only, and when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Okay? So it's not, a, it's not a sin when these thoughts come. It's a sin for you to dwell on these and let them, that seed take root and bring forth fruit. So it's, it's, it's crucial that we think right. Start thinking. Your thoughts are very important. And I, I just looked up some of the words, and before I start preaching, I'm going to talk about seeds today. But I want to read some of these things that I looked up. Genesis chapter 5, it says, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was on evil continually. The thoughts of his heart was what? On evil continually. And why was this? Because of the fall of Adam and Eve. And it says, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart, because man's thoughts were on evil continually. Psalms 10, 4 says, The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek God. God is not in his thoughts. See, it's very crucial that you guard your thoughts. Psalms 33, 11, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his hearts to all generation. Did you know before the foundation of the world, God had his mind on you? His thoughts were on us. His thoughts were to all generations. Psalms 139.23, Search me, O God, and know my heart, and try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. It's what David prayed. Proverbs 12.5 says, The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsel of the wicked are deceit. Proverbs 16.3 says this, Commit your works unto the Lord, and your thoughts shall be established. Let me read that again. Commit your works or your ways unto the Lord, and your thoughts shall be established. Proverbs 21.5 says, The thoughts of the diligent tend to plenteous, but everyone that is hasty only is in want. 
Isaiah 55. We won't read all that. But he says there, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Do what? Let the wicked forsake his ways and his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will pardon him. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. But see, now, according to the New Testament, we have the mind of Christ. So the old mind is not subject to God and never will be. But the new mind, we have the mind of Christ. His thoughts are our thoughts. His ways are our ways. So that's where we set our mind on that new creation thinking. And we live in that. And he says uh, in Jeremiah, that's one I just read, Isaiah 26 Three says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in thee. And that word mind there in the Hebrews is thoughts. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose thoughts is stayed on him because you're trusting in him. See, this is a time more than any I've ever seen to put your 100% confidence and trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's one of the first verses I memorized when I was or did, or put in my memory banks. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That ain't bad. It still works today. Amen. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. And remember one thing about it. You can't trust him with your old heart because it's deceitful and desperately wicked. So you got to trust the new one. And he said, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. That's the one you trust him with, with all your heart. Jeremiah 23, 20 says, The anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, you will consider this perfectly. See, everything God has done in this world or going to do started with his thoughts. Right? Now, everything that happens to us in our lives will happen because of thoughts. Right? Okay, so just keep that in mind. It's not enough just to watch what you say. It's very critical that we start watching what we think because they are seeds and they bring forth after their kind. Okay, Jeremiah 24, 9 and 10. For I know, God says this. Now this is wonderful. God said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. God said, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking about you. They are thoughts of peace. Now, I just want to say something about that word peace. In the Greek, that word is irene. And and one of the definitions of, of that word peace, it means to bring an end to the hostility in the relationship with God. That word peace is, means we were hostile to God, but God intervened and brought an end to that relationship of hostility and has brought one of peace. Now, in the medical term, it means to bring the two pieces of a bone back together. And that word in the medical term, irony, means to be at peace again. They're, they're back to peace. See, through Christ, Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. He is the Prince of Peace. He has come to bring us back into that relationship of peace with him. Now, the world's looking for peace, but here's the problem. There is no peace to the wicked, Isaiah says. The old man, there is no peace. 
And the thing about it is, as long as we have peace with God, we're going to have peace with each other. If we're not having peace with each other, that's because we're not having peace with God. So this is, this is a very critical time of year that we need to what? Guard your peace. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Be led with peace. Peace is all of it. Pre- but allow the peace of God to rule and, and umpire in your heart so that you don't move away from that peace because when you have that peace with God, I promise you, if you're in a, a situation that's going on in your life and you don't have any peace, the first place you start is not with your relationships around you. It's your relationship with him. Because if you don't have peace with God, you're not going to have peace with yourself, much less anybody else. Okay? I mean, these are just simple, practical little things. But I'm telling you, it, this is a crucial year for all of us. I'm not afraid of this year. I'm excited about the year, this year. Because what's the scripture say? In the last day, men's hearts shall be what? Be filled with fear of looking at what's coming on the earth. Why is their hearts filled with fear? Because they're thinking about all that's coming on the earth. But, but Daniel says that they that know their God in the last days are going to be strong and do exploits. Why? Because you're not moved by what you see or what you hear. You're moved by the truth. Amen? So that, that's important. And many times, but I see that you, you know, be sure to remember this, that God, when God thinks of you, He's not thinking of what he wants to do to you because of what you're doing. When God thinks of you, his thoughts towards you are peace. You know why? Because God poured out all his wrath upon his son. There's none left for you and me. Let me say that again. God poured out all his wrath upon his son so that you and I could have peace. And when he thinks of us, his thoughts of us are peace. Not some of his wrath. Scripture says we're not appointed under wrath because of what Jesus did. There will be wrath someday, but it's not appointed to us. Now, many times in the New Testament, Matthew 9, when Jesus was speaking to him, he said he knew their thoughts. And he says, why are you thinking evil in your heart? Matthew 15, he, he talks about, for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. Luke 6, Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to Luke 24, why are you troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your heart? So what did he address over and over again? Not what they said, what they're thinking. See, what you say will come out of what you're thinking. So that's why it's important to bring into captivity every thought. Romans 2.15 says, Our thoughts will accuse us or excuse us in the day when, when God shall judge the secrets of of men's hearts by Jesus. What is the secrets? That word secret means the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirits and joint and marrow. And the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God will expose your thoughts and your intents of your heart, your motive. It will even expose the motive for why you do what you do. It's 
very critical that we allow this. Isaiah 14, 24, God says, As I have thought, so shall it come to pass. As I have purposed, so shall it stand. Say, are we made in his image? Are we made in his image? Yes, we are. That means my mind, my will, and my emotion of the new man is godly. So we need to be responsible for the godly thoughts, the godly words, the godly actions, and the godly things that we do. Because they're creative. They have seed. Every thought and every word is seed. And it will produce after its kind. Okay? You know, you think of the parable of the sower. Went and sowed the seed. What happened to the seed? The seed stayed the same, didn't it? The only problem was, some places the seed fell in the stony ground. And it couldn't, little root, but it had no way to keep nourished. Sometimes it fell among thorns, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and it choked it, and it was unfruitful. Right? But the seed stayed the same. When you speak those words, those words are there, and it has power to reproduce after its kind. And then it said, but some fell on good ground. One version said it fell in a good heart, and it brought forth fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. That seed sowed in the right ground is going to produce. We was talking in the coffee shop today. You know, at Hosea, it says this, break up your fallow ground of your heart and don't sow among thorns. See, because those godly seeds cannot grow in ungodly ground, can it? It will not produce in that. And so that's why it's so critical to watch where those seeds are being sowed. Break up the fallow ground, it says, for it's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness over you. In, in, in Jeremiah and in Hosea, what it says, sow your seeds of righteousness. Sow righteousness, reap mercy. Okay. This is just groundwork, guys. Jeremiah 18 says, If that nation whom I come against and have pronounced turn from their evil ways, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do to them. What's he going to do? God said, I'll repent of what I thought to do against them. But they said, we're going to do after the imaginations of our evil heart. You have a choice, don't you? In Malachi, there's a scripture there. We use it in the coffee shop. It said, they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And the God heard it, and a book of remembrance was written for those that feared God and thought on his name. Those that what? Feared God and what else? Thought on his name. And he says, and they shall be mine in that day when I make up my jewels. And he says, and I will spare them as a man spares his son in whom he delights. They'll be mine. And he says, and they shall discern from those that are right, righteous and those that are unrighteous. And those that want to serve God and those that don't. You'll know the difference. Well, I'm telling you, that's one of the, the fruits of this new man. As you begin to discern what's old man, what's new man. You're not discerning everybody else's old man, new man. You're discerning your own. You can separate what's good and what's not. Jeremiah chapter 15. Jeremiah says, why is my pain perpetual? My wound and cure will be fusion to be healed. And he said, God, will you be to me as a deceitful brook and waters that fail are uncertain? God, why is all this happening to me? How many of you can hold your hand up and say, why is this happening to me? All right, see, we've all been where Jeremiah was. He said, I hadn't done anything wrong. Why is all this going on in my life? 
He said, will you be to me as a deceitful brooks and waters that fail God? And God said, Jeremiah, if you'll give up this what? If you'll give up, and amplified, he said, give up this unworthy suspicions concerning my faithfulness. If you'll separate the precious from the vile, cleansing your hands from unworthy suspicions concerning my faithfulness. I will make you my minister. Separate. See, we've got to learn to separate the thoughts that's good and the thoughts that's not good. Where are they coming from? What fruit are they going to produce in their lives? Separate it. He said, you don't have to return to them. And he says, I will make you to this people a brazen wall. They will fight against you, but they will not prevail over you. For I'm with you to save and deliver you, says the Lord, and I will deliver you. But what's the key? If you'll trust in me. Give up this unworthy suspicions concerning my faithfulness. I want to tell you God's faithful. You don't have to worry about his faithfulness. God is faithful. And he says in Matthew chapter 6, take no thought for your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to put on, what you're going to, all this other watches. Is life more than meat? He said, consider the birds. Do they worry about what they're going to eat? No, they don't. He said, God knows what you have need of before you ask. But seek you first, the kingdom. And his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Fear not. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What's the word? Fear not. 366 times in the scriptures, fear not's used. That's one for every day and one for leap year. Fear not. Why does he say fear not? Because fear is of the devil. God didn't give you the spirit of fear. That's the old man. But he did give you the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Fear. The first one in the lake of fire in Revelation chapter 20 is the fearful. Then the whoremongers. Then the murderers and all that. How many of you think God don't want you living in fear? Fear is not of God. He that feareth is not made perfect in love, says in 1 John. Perfect love casts out some fear. How much fear? All fear. Because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And he says, as he is, so are we in this world. Because perfect love casts out all fear. Okay? Take no thought. Remember in the book of Acts when, when Simon wanted to, them to, he wanted to pay for, the, have the Holy Ghost so he could make some money? And uh, Philip says, your heart's not right. Or, no, it wasn't him, Peter. And, and he said, anyhow, he said to him, Repent, therefore, of this wickedness, and pray to God if perhaps the thoughts and intents of your heart may be forgiven you. And he said, Pray to God for me. Pray that the thoughts and intents of your hearts are on wickedness. His motive wasn't right. See, I'm telling you, you know, it says, the scripture says, No other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. If a man build on this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, He's going to receive a reward. But if it's wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work will be declared by fire, for the day will judge it by fire. And if it, the fire, if it's on, if, if the motive is bad, if it's on 
of wrong motive or thoughts, it's going to be consumed. But you yourself will be saved yet as by fire. So how many of you want to really have a desire to hear God say, well done, a good and faithful servant? It's very important that what you do be done out of a right motive. And the only way you can do that is have right thoughts of why you're doing it. And so this is crucial times. And I think that's part of what Chuck was saying. So that's why we have to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Isaiah 57, 19, God said, I create the fruit of the lips. I create the fruit of your lips. Why is that important? Peace, peace to them that are far off and to them that are near, saith the Lord, I will heal them. God is in charge of creating the fruit of our lips. But why did he say that every man is going to, says, he says, every idle word that men shall speak, they're going to give account of in the day of judgment. For by your words you're justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. Now, idle word, that word, every idle word, is an unemployed word. It means unemployed. It's spoken, but it's no thought of it producing anything. See, it's, it's time we start realizing. Proverbs 18 says what? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And God said this, I was telling the guys, I heard God say to me just a couple of days ago, eat the fruit and sow the seeds. It's very important for you not just to eat the fruit and throw the seeds away. He's saying it's time to eat the fruit but sow the seeds because there's a future. There is a future. Be a partaker of the fruit but sow the seeds that's in the fruit. Because every fruit brings forth after its kind. God determined in Genesis every, did you know, every single seed itself. It, life is a mystery, isn't it? Because every single seed, God created everything in this life to reproduce after its kind. In that seed is its DNA of its purpose and its whole purpose in life. Whether it be an animal, plant, man, doesn't matter what it is. The reproducting power is in that seed. And the life DNA code is in every one of it. It's going to bring forth after its kind. Right? Everything has seed. And God created everything in that seed. So what do you say? Eat the fruit, but sow the seed. So it can bring forth after its kind. I don't have an idea. Some of you prophets may have a word on this. But I don't know exactly what he meant by eat the fruit and sow the seeds. But I know it's more... It's more important than we think it is. Okay? All right. Because it will bring forth. God wants you to be a partaker of the fruit. But he wants you to partake of the fruit and sow the seeds of that fruit. The seed of righteousness is sown in peace of those that make peace. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of those that make peace. Receive the righteousness, sow the seeds of righteousness. He that's righteous is righteous even as he is righteous. Duh. Light. Darkness. Here it is. So what does the scripture say? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's very important the way you think. I'm telling you, it's crucial. But you know what? Remember Paul before King Agrippa? He'd been beaten. I don't know what all he was. They don't tell him what he looked like. And you know what he said before King Agrippa? I think myself happy. 
I remember Garland Solomon, first time I really, he said, you know what? I heard him say that all the time. He said, I think myself happy. Do you know what? You have the ability to think yourself happy or you have the ability to think yourself depressed and sad and everything else. And you will be a partaker of the fruit thereof. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What does that say? It produces after its kind. So it's very critical. Like Janet was saying a while ago, what we're singing. This is very critical year that you know who you are. And you, you say who you are. You sing who you are. And you know who you are. We've been made the very righteousness of God through what Christ has done for us. I'm not who I used to be. That's what the song says. I'm not who I was. I've been made new. But you have to think new. And the only way you can think new is to have his mind to think with. Because there's nothing in that. The, The Bible says the natural mind is hostile towards God. It's not subject to God and it never will be. There's hostility between that old mind and the new mind. There's a warfare going on. How many of you knows about the warfare? Everybody knows about the warfare. But it's a fixed fight. We've already won. Amen? All right. So I get to start on seeds next week. So this was just the opening. This is opening stuff. Yeah. It's the, what is it? The prologue. The prologue. Okay. But it's very critical. Anybody, any of you guys got anything you want to add to this before we have communion?